<laughs> your pick is a bunch of work for people to do. <laughs> yeah. Sounds fair. Oh, that's good. Welcome to episode 26 of the WP Candy Podcast. My name is Ryan Immel, and I'm joined, as usual, by Brian Krogsgaard. Hi, Brian. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I'm good. Uh, all is well. Um, we were actually just kind of... Uh, I, I didn't ask you. You asked me. Were you disappointed by the, the, the iPhone, the Apple stuff? Obviously, it's a WordPress podcast, but it just happened like an hour ago. So what did you think? Uh, I don't really care. Good answer. I, <laughs> <laughs> I think the talk to text thing or whatever it was seems uh-huh. pretty neat. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Android's had that for a couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it it seems awesome. But I have I got a new phone probably six months or a year ago, so not in the market. I'm not one of those crazy people that goes and spends six hundred dollars to renew my contract. Understood. I think we're pretty much in the same place on that. Anyway, so that's now that that's done, we can focus on a podcast, right? Yeah, good thing we got our priorities straight. Exactly, exactly. So what uh, what's what's new uh, in work and WordPress development? Anything uh, exciting lately, or just uh, kind of the, the the regular code stuff? I uh, just been working on a bunch of different things, doing some e-commerce work and uh, playing around with some some stuff I've never done before. So it's always exciting, enjoying the uh, the new role I've got. What about yourself? Awesome. That's cool. Um, as far as development, uh, not a ton in terms of working on new features for the site. Definitely tweaking some stuff. Um, obviously, I don't you know do freelancing stuff, but you know tweaking stuff on WP Candy. Uh, did some few optimizations here in the last week, which was which is kind of nice. It's, I mean, it's a different sort of work than building new things. It definitely takes some discipline to to go back and make your old stuff better. Um, and otherwise, just working on a couple of, you know, sort of secret projects to launch soon. Uh, one, I think we'll call Q. Uh, that should be ready in about a week or two. So I'm really, that's, that's probably the most exciting right now. And you I know about Q. that, which is why I can refer to it, but nobody else does. So we'll just call it Q. Sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, oh, oh, I almost forgot. I went to, uh, WordCamp Louisville this last weekend. Uh, this oh, was actually yeah. my, um, uh, second year going. Uh, last year was their first event, and I went, took a few friends uh, from here in Indiana and went down to it, and went again this year. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was a good time. Lots of cool people there. Um, it is a, you know, it's a smaller event than some word camps. You know, they're not, not trying to be a, a three or four hundred person camp like some, like some do. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's much more modest and scaled back, but it's got a, it's got a good feeling, uh, and it wasn't too far to drive, so it's an easy decision for me. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, I got to see uh, Otto again. Uh, works for, does a lot of work on WordPress.org, and and hung out a little bit. And um, number of you know Scott is one of the organizers. Uh, hung out with him a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna stop naming people because I'm gonna forget most everyone. But you know, a lot, <laughs> lot of lot of cool people uh, down there. I look forward to going again next year. I think the next WordCamp I'm planning on will be Philadelphia, which is next month in November. And also next month in November, literally like 
seven days, I think, after Philly is going to be uh, Word Camp Detroit. Oh, nice. And then I think that'll be it for me this year. But uh, looking forward to both of those as well. Sounds like a good time. How's um? I know you're. Uh, um, you guys are in the the planning stages, at least for a, an event in Birmingham soon, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're getting sponsors lined up and uh, trying to get some initial planning, figuring out how many tracks we want to do, all that kind of stuff. But we're we're aiming for a big event this year in Birmingham, and cool. uh, Sarah Cannon's leading that up. Um, and there was one last year, right? This is, this will be the second, or is are there been more that I don't know about? Yeah, uh, no, this is probably the fourth. Fourth? Oh, Sounds okay. about right. Cool. I, th- I think uh, Matt went to the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, shamefully, I've actually never been to it uh, mm-hmm. because my I didn't know about it for quite a while. Sure. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'm diving right in, planning the first one I go to. Well, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, that's one way to be sure that you'll attend is to help organize. Then, then you yeah, have to be there. I'm committing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not during an Auburn game, so <laughs> I'm sure that was that was step zero in planning the event. Is okay. Let's make sure this does not conflict with an Auburn well, game. People people here they uh, they complain when there's like a wedding during a football game. So oh, wow. much much less a conference. Much, yeah, much less a tech conference. Really far less important. Sure. Uh, so it's kind of mandatory. And last year it was actually during uh, a game that I attended, so that's why I didn't go because I'm a horrible. Horrible person. Hey, well, you know, it just sounds like you're uh, you're you're for the home team, so what, nobody <laughs> can complain about that. Um, yeah, so that's WordCamp stuff. I mean, that's just my WordCamp stuff. There's tons going on. I was actually looking at the uh, uh, WordCamp uh, update this week. I think there's a new thing that um, Andrea is doing on the WordCamp Central blog. Uh, it's like a I should probably link it up or something. It's the first time they've done it. Sort of a rundown of what's going on in WordCamps right now. And I was looking at the at next month. It's like there's a ton of events happening. Let me pull that up. Um, and maybe it's just because I'm not used to seeing kind of all of them in a list like that that it stood out. But uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Where was it? Wasn't recently one of the first times where it's uh, there have been overlapping word camps in the U.S. Well, there was something well, the, like that. I mean, it's happened a couple times, but I feel like there was a weekend uh, uh, not long ago where there were like two or three happening in a weekend, which was definitely... Maybe it was the first one there were three or something. I don't know. Yeah. No, here we go. The upcoming word camps in November, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different word camps. Uh, Seems like a lot in in a month. Pretty much every weekend has two word camps. Yeah. Uh, The same weekend as Philly will be Gold Coast and Toronto. So there's three camps happening in one week. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Hmm. But lots and lots of camps happening. Need more southern word camps. Yeah, well, there's – I'm trying to think. I've been to Miami before. Um, been oh, to Atlanta. South. Well, it's, 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 south, <laughs> it's south of me. It's south of most of the country. That's like, uh, that's like the northeast implanted into the south. Oh, that's the northeast of the south, of course. Yeah, yeah. naturally. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, get Birmingham done, then there'll be another one. Yep, Birmingham and Atlanta, uh, and I'd probably lump Louisville into that. I wanted to go to Louisville, mm-hmm. but didn't really work out. Sure. No, it happens. Um, so news. News. Let's see. WordPress what, news. 
Which part do we want to talk? Let's talk about the the feature freeze. So WordPress three point three has entered feature freeze. This was uh, last week is when that uh, started. And what feature freeze means is it's that part of the project schedule where nothing new is going to be added. Whatever's whatever's been committed to the project is it's you know it's where the word freeze or frozen comes from. Uh, it, it freezes the code code base in place, and the only new stuff that's introduced is code fixes or bug fixes. Um, so it's just a way of sort of halting sort of that one more thing, you know, mentality or, 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 you know, effect that sometimes happens. It's happened to WordPress in the past and, uh, Jane Wells, I think did a good job of saying, look, you know, we're a week behind schedule and we've got some other stuff we want to do, but no, we have to do this feature freeze now and in order to, uh, to, to sort of meet our deadlines, which were, were adjusted at one point during the schedule, but not very much, only about like a week or two. What's your favorite feature? My favorite new feature? Um, I mean, I, I tend to be a sucker for the, the UI changes. And so while they're not necessarily my favorite, because I'm not sure yet because everything's still in flux, they're probably what I'm most intrigued by. Um, so like the tweaks to the admin bar and the changes to the, the dashboard menu, those are the things that I'm probably, uh, every time I'm, you know, every time I SVN up, that's what I'm checking. What about you? Um, there's a couple of things I like. I like the pointers. Ah, uh, yeah, that's a cool one. Yeah, so for anybody that hasn't seen that, I think Theme FM was the one that did a nice video run through of uh, with an example of how you could use that. I think we linked that up, mm-hmm. or you you linked that up would be more yeah, precise. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, it was, it was <laughs> <laughs> probably. I mean, odds are uh, it was linked up, and I think we also yeah we got their uh, video um, embedded onto the site, so I'll make sure to put that in the show notes. Yeah, I think that's a great resource though for plugins. Uh, and even for a client scenario, basically, yeah. uh, some once say upon plugin activation or theme activation, uh, this pointers thing could initiate and start to throw tooltips in different areas and guide a user through how to use something and uh, just you know pops up in different parts of the website. I haven't actually got into it to figure out exactly how it functions, but mm-hmm. uh, if it's Fairly simple to to execute. It'd be really really nice for a lot of plugins. Definitely, particularly the ones that are maybe slightly more complex. Um, you know, despite mm-hmm. whether you like complex plugins or not, they definitely exist, and um, I can I can understand you know why they exist and stuff. I'm not, clearly I'm not the biggest fan of of really complex plugins, but both for complex themes and plugins, yeah, it's certainly ideal. I mean, I think the the API for that was still in flux, even when Theme FM did the demo. I think you know they were just kind of showing here's how it works, and hey, we fumbled around and figured out how to how to make it work with sort of the the, the temporary code, at least until it's all finalized. But definitely neat. It's it's very much like uh, like a browser update, like a like bro- or, or Facebook actually. That's what it most reminded me of mm-hmm. is when Facebook introduces new updates and seeing their pointer show up telling you what's new. Yeah. Um... Another feature that I think is pretty neat is the uh, JavaScript changes. Okay. Um, there was a post on the on the site about it, but my favorite part of it was now you will be able to enqueue scripts from anywhere on the page, and WordPress will automatically filter that and put them in the footer for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to make it simpler for a number of things, but I'm particularly thinking of you know custom custom template or something, or maybe you have a single page and instead of having a bunch of 
wonky conditionals to bring in your script just where you want it. You can just kind of enqueue it in page. Enqueue it wherever, and it's going to go to the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a neat idea, certainly. Uh, the other big one that's probably going to get a lot of um, a lot of people excited, or has gotten a lot of people excited. This is, this is actually funny. Uh, I was I, I teased Otto about it. Um, he gave uh, the second la- t- second to last presentation in Louisville, and his was sort of just an open Q and A. I think it was like a thirty minute session, and and he said that you know anything he would prepare, he wouldn't be able to get through in forty five minutes, let alone an hour, uh, you know thirty minutes. So um, <laughs> just ended up doing sort of taking questions from people, and at one point. You know, he he kind of jumped into the uh, 3.3 aortic dissection and showed off some of the new features. And, and I was giving him a hard time because, I mean, there are definitely, obviously, he's, you know, a core contributor and works on a lot of that stuff. But there's certainly a lot of stuff that, you know, uh, he didn't directly touch. And so I was like, man, it's got to be great to get up there and show off a bunch of stuff and get applause, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for just showing, you know, what he downloaded, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, any, 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 any. Potential WordCamp speakers that want an easy, an easy go of it should just submit a talk that says, oh, I'm just going to show off what's coming in two months in WordPress and just get people <laughs> cheering. Uh, it's kind of an easy, easy ego boost, but, um, he was showing it off and, and got the applause specifically for, well, actually there's two things I think people were happy about. One was what we've talked about before, the, uh, permalink changes, um, where the, the issues with using post name were removed. People actually cheered about that, which I thought was interesting. And the other one was the media uploader, the drag and drop into the browser. I think that got like some oohs, you know. Ooh, uh. mm-hmm. um, I, I think I'd. Uh, it's definitely cool, and, and I've definitely I've, I've, I've tried it out just because you know you got to see how that uh, how that looks and operates. I'm usually only uploading you know two or three images to a post, so I'm, I'm, I'll have to really get into it before I think I'll notice a big change in how I how I upload files. But um, it's definitely neat. Yeah, are you going to be able to take those from anywhere? So, like, if there's a – just drag a picture straight from your folder or even from the – I know from the folder, but, like, what about from a browser or something? Is that going to fit in? I'm not sure. I don't think so since that would be I, – I think that would be a different sort of thing. But I, I, really I honestly haven't tried it. I don't know what it would do. Yeah, the drag-and-drop thing seems really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't believe I forgot about the permalinks. That's definitely – going to be the most useful feature in 3.3 well it's it's maybe it's because we talked about it as soon as it happened pretty much and and, yeah you know it's not real yet it's not actually final yet so that's true that's definitely high up there definitely a lot of cool stuff um and there's and there's a lot of uh a lot of stuff on the back end um i think there's a uh there's some uh, let's see, oh, that's right. The the one I wanted to mention. There's been a, a bunch of work um, cleaning up and and improving the CSS for the admin to make it simpler, um, and that stuff is is pretty exciting for anybody who's ever wanted to tweak something about the dashboard. Because if you look, or if, like yeah, if you look in your current install of WordPress, um, you know 3.2 or before, there are a lot of CSS files in the admin, almost. I mean, there's there's got to be like 15 or 16 currently, whereas 3.3 brings all that down to one, and cleans it up a lot, and makes it more efficient, and, and pretty well commented and stuff. So, um, you know, th- there's there's plenty of back uh, background stuff that aren't necessarily features, but will make things easier for developers, which are pretty neat. Yeah. So let's see. There's that. Uh, yeah, I wanted to at least mention 
the uh, pretty big updates in the last, or pretty big news items. Uh, both BB Press and Buddy Press uh, had big releases. Uh, Buddy Press was 1.5, which, of course, they were jumping from 1.2, I think, right? Just like WordPress did. Yep. And then BB Press, the 2.0 plug-in version, is now finished or is now you know, final and, and safe to use, uh, even though we've been using it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was in pretty good shape during the uh, RC stage. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about BB Press. Buddy, Buddy Press is one of those to me where it's hard to find that scenario where you really need Buddy Press, but it does have a active user base and a lot of people really love it. Uh, Ibstinu, mm-hmm. I, I apologize for not remembering her full name. Mm-hmm. Um, she wrote a, 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 a nice post, in my opinion, on Buddy Press bloat. And it was kind of like, you know, let's talk about when you need Buddy Press. And, you know, there, there are definitely use cases. Uh, but it was a nice run through of, of when Buddy Press is appropriate. But so I hear it's come a long way between 1.2 and 1.5. So kudos to the developers there. Definitely. I, I think uh, Jacoby, uh, John James Jacoby, who is the lead developer on both Buddy Press and BB Press, and it's worth noting he uh, scheduled the release of each of those like within an hour of each other. It's pretty funny. It was like four or five o'clock in the morning, and it's like, oh, hey, there's Buddy Press. Before. Oh, hey, there's BB Press too. Oh, somebody's had a busy week. But uh, – the, I think he's he's. I've heard it. I'm not sure if he's ever told it to me directly, but I've heard it from a couple other people that that he'll uh, he'll say that BuddyPress.org is actually the worst implementation of BuddyPress you'll find, specifically <laughs> because it has everything turned on. Uh, and and in a similar vein, you know, BuddyPress itself has has everything you could want to make a, a social network site, uh, but you should never ever use everything, or at least you probably shouldn't. And I think that's one of the things that kind of um, can, can at least puts, puts me off balance about BuddyPress a little bit is that when you when I usually see it in use, you can you know when you can tell it's BuddyPress or when it's maybe a little mm-hmm. too heavy-handed and you can tell oh they just kind of set this up and 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 uh, you know installed a plugin and that was pretty much all they did. Whereas if it's a really good ins- you know installation or a really good use of it, then you shouldn't be able to tell what it is. Um, and that's what I don't think many people have really nailed, particularly with BuddyPress themes, is making a theme that integrates just one or two of those items or one of those two of those components and doesn't really go overboard. Yeah, some of it's very interesting to me. I mean, extended profiles are cool. The uh, private messaging, I think, is really neat. Uh, the activity streams and groups, it's just hard to think how often there's a scenario where some of that's necessary. Sure. Uh, of course, I'm sure there are use cases, but like you said, I, I wouldn't necessarily turn everything on at once. Absolutely. Uh, and then, like we said, BB Press, we've been using it on the WP Candy forums for two to three months, maybe, maybe longer. Uh, it's been a while. And uh, they're solid. Uh, they're really cool. You're starting to see, uh, or at least I've seen in the past couple of weeks, more BB Press specific plugins coming out. So those are plugins four plugins, which are awesome. And uh, uh, that does some cool stuff as well. But, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to see more people starting up forums in, in, a, in an easier way. Because technically you could do it with BB Press already, but this makes things a lot easier. Yeah, I love BB Press. BB Press is fun. Actually, while we're talking about plugins, maybe that would be a good segue into 
the plugin editorial that I wrote. Oh, yeah. Definitely got a lot of people talking, which was sort of the idea, uh, or is usually the idea. Uh, I wrote an editorial uh, almost two weeks ago called Stop Telling Users They Shouldn't Be Running Very Many Plugins. Um, and basically where this stemmed from is I've been told on a number of occasions, and I've seen people talking about much more so this idea that the fewer the plugins you run, the better. Uh, and I think while that thinking comes from a good place um, or comes with the best intentions, I think the end result is that you get people uh, kind of develop, get users in particular developing a sort of fear uh, about using plugins and kind of thinking about things in the wrong way, as though a number like that matters when it's actually pretty arbitrary. You know, you can have performance issues with three plugins, you know, just as much as you could with 300 plugins. It just depends what plugins you're running. And uh, we had uh, like you know seventy plus comments on it. Lots of people talking. Pretty cool. If you haven't seen it yet, definitely go over and read. Uh, uh, well, hopefully read the post, but at least the comments because you kind of have people from all over, sort of the spectrum of opinion on this one, kind of kind of sharing what they think about it. Yeah, there are definitely people on both sides of the fence. Uh, I tend to agree with you. I like if you're if you could ever imagine switching themes and wanting to take functionality with you, it needs to be in a plugin, in my opinion, and your opinion, I think. So mm -hmm. it, it seems silly to say the fewest plugins possible is what you want because then you're aren't you saying you don't want to be able to take functionality with you or your site doesn't have very much functionality that is transferable to a new theme. And I, I, I didn't get into it in the editorial just because I didn't want to kind of go too many directions at once. I try to keep it on one idea and write less if I can. Uh, so I don't think I put this in there, but honestly, you know, pretty much every time, like a lot of people say use fewer plugins, I'm usually telling people use more plugins uh, and not necessarily add a bunch of new stuff to your site, but you should be parsing out what you're using, you know, in your theme usually, that's where it is, in your functions file, uh, sort of as an ad hoc plugin location to move those out into plugins. I think a lot of people, um, you know, because me, I, I think currently I actually checked while at Louisville because one of the presenters was asking how many plugins people use. And I think I've got 54 running right now on WP Candy. Um, people are like, oh, man, that's a lot of plug. But <laughs> I bet, no, you know, hey, and they're, and they're actually, most of them are on that behind the behind the site post. They're pretty easy to, to find and read about if, if anybody's interested. Uh, it's really no secret. Um, but... I think a lot of the people who would say, well, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm only using like 15 plugins, but they might be bringing along with them a functions file that's a couple thousand lines long. Now, I'm not saying that's definitely the case, but I mean, it certainly could be. And in that situation, are they really doing themselves, you know, uh, are, are they really benefiting their site by keeping the plugin number down or is, are they just thinking about their implementation entirely the wrong way? I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I can see the other side to a degree because I think most of the people, I think they're arguing intelligently. They're saying that it's just kind of like a, excuse my reference, but, you know, there's this Dave Ramsey mm -hmm. guy that's a financial guy. Sure. And he doesn't necessarily say things that are totally accurate, but he says things that make sense for most people. And most people aren't going to audit uh, every plugin that they look, sure. that they install. 
Right. So naturally, the more plugins you say, ooh, that's pretty, and you install it, the more likely you install something that's going to screw up your website. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the argument most of the people saying more plugins you know, are more bad. <laughs> yeah, more, more plugins equal 10 more bad. Bads. <laughs> More plugins, more bads. Well, it, that's, and I think that was, I mean, that was kind of my point, just that it's what people are saying lacks nuance, right? Yeah. They're they're, saying don't use plugins when, or a lot of plugins when really it's don't use certain plugins or don't use these kinds of plugins. Right. So I understand the argument they're trying to make, but the argument they're really making is one, actually, uh, uh, Constantine Kovshinin, I think that's how you pronounce his name, one of the best comments I saw in that post that said that, uh, a clean WordPress installation has over 1,500 different actions that are carried out, you know, like the do action function on every single page request. So 50 more of those from your plugin, from 50 plugins, isn't exactly going to break the bank. It's the code that's behind those actions. Right. Um, so it's kind of silly to argue just on the purpose of what the plugin, you know, the, that the plugin is there versus what the plugin is doing. Right. And, well, and that's the dangerous part is arguing things that lack nuance uh, when you're saying them to people who don't know any better. I mean, you're, you're giving them a bunch of ammo for their own arguments uh, to say maybe a lot of wrong things um, or to, you know, it's 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 almost disinformation, I, I would say. Um, yeah. And the only other thing I would say, there's probably also a slight, maybe slightly more than slight bit of uh, marketing influence on some people's opinions, if you're a theme developer that has very featureful themes, mm-hmm. you are selling people on those features that are in your theme without you know that need, I guess, to go find compatible plugins. And if you're that type of uh, theme seller, you want to be able to tell people, hey, you can do all this with me and you don't need plugins to do it. And then not only are they able to sell you on those features? Then if you're addicted to those features, you'll have to find a plugin to replace the features of the theme if you ever switch themes. Right. So there's a, there's some marketing well, tactics there too. And, and really like that's, I mean, the, the editor was kind of talking to those people, maybe not directly in that commercial marketing sense, but trying to talk to developers that, okay, if we tell people, um, cause you know, if we're, if we're telling people don't use plugins cause they cause problems, then what we're really kind of saying is let's let's allow our fellow developers to be make to be causing problems that make it a problem to run or or to increase sort of the odds of running into a problem plugin, and that's that's kind of the point is if you know, users should be expecting, um, you know, I kind of I related it once I think to to iPhone situation, but I mean what if what if iPhones came with, uh, and this is to keep the scale similar what if your iphone they said well you know 40 maybe 50 apps no more you know i mean that's that's just an odd thing to tell users uh and plugins are like that's the app world for wordpress users mm-hmm. uh, if they're running it themselves that's what they that's where they go and they find functionality and they plug it in and they try it and i think it's kind of giving people a scapegoat or giving us and i'm including me in it like i don't want that scapegoat i want my plugins to be held to a high standard that hey your plugin doesn't work here oh well they have like 80 plugins installed clearly that's the problem well no your plugin doesn't work or it's causing this issue whether there's one plugin or no plugins you need to fix it uh, or one plugin or 100 plugins you need to fix it so yeah accountability to plugin developers indeed indeed and that's really what it was all about. 
so it's a good, uh, I think it's a good editorial. I spent some time on it and a lot of people spent a lot more time probably than I did on their responses. So, uh, go give it a shot. Also, uh, it's worth checking the trackbacks on that post because there were, I don't know, probably half a dozen other editorials that were spawned off of it, uh, and other people kind of throwing ideas out. Um, some I agree with, some I, I really don't agree with, but, uh, worth looking through for sure. That's been the new thing, isn't it? What's that? Every time we have a, or every time you write a post that is, uh, controversial, there's a dozen responses to it. It's like YouTube videos of <laughs> well, WordPress. We, yeah. Uh, it, well, yeah, except, you know, they can be much longer than, than YouTube videos <laughs> would run, but no, I, I mean, I think, I think there's certainly, it, it makes it easier when, going through the comments if, you know, they're not a thousand words long sometimes if people, you know, parse it out into their own blog and then just drop yeah. a link or something. That no, I don't mind easier. it. I think it's, I think it's good. It's a compliment to WP Candy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think probably the, I mean, the best way to do it is probably write it elsewhere, write a brief summary of your thought with a link because otherwise the, part of the problem is that if it's linked somewhere else and shows up in a track back, then it's not going to really become a part of that conversation in the comments. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least that's how I tend to do it. If I'm going to write something as a response, even though I hardly ever do that anymore. Um, but that's the way I would do it. So there was another topic that, uh, we chatted about on Skype very briefly about yesterday. Mm-hmm. I think would be interesting to talk about. And that was the article that you wrote about theme garden scaling back mm-hmm. and refocusing as an alternative marketplace is what you said. Uh, they're putting in fewer brands, uh, kind of scaled it down to a certain type of theme, eliminated uh, existing framework themes, um, things like that. Can you talk more about like what that means and what you what you think it's leading to? Because I was a little confused by uh, their the actual direction. I know he says he's taking a new one, but I don't really understand right. what it is. Uh, I'm not entirely sure where or what the the end goal is i mean that that's definitely for uh jason schuler to know at this point um he just kind of uh, gave some some hints in the basically where this came from as i heard from a couple of different people um you know hey i was looking at theme garden and noticed that some stuff wasn't there that used to be there before so i pinged jason and uh, found out that he's been slowly over time i guess it's just at this point that people are starting to notice it i'm not sure how long he's been doing it but it's sort of been weeding out some of the stuff that's on theme garden, uh, it looks like anything that is framework specific. So child themes, I think those are gone. Mm-hmm. And I think the brands for the most part, I think there was one maybe brand, but that might just have still been in shuffle. Uh, but brands are also gone. So not only they're not listed, but the actual sort of menu links to search through them and sort by them are gone. So I just kind of, you know, pinged him and wanted to know what his thought process was there and what the, what the plan was. Um, and it just sound well here i'll just uh this was the part that i thought was most interesting so this is from jason schuler he said after launching in november of 2010 there was a massive flood of authors and brands who wanted access to the site which caused an influx of added themes with no regulation of any kind essentially the site became a huge advertisement for branded themes which distracted from what i had originally intended to do with the theme garden project um and so he said that in the future Theme Garden will be much more exclusive, and the themes will be built out on a, quote, solid and consistent theme framework that you will not be able to find anywhere else. That's the part I'm most confused about. So what it sounds like on its face is that 
Seam Garden will, and this is just my own musing about you know what what I've you know heard uh, from Jason is that it sounds like Theme Garden could potentially be going the direction of like the Wonder Themes for, uh, uh, marketplace now, because Wonder Themes at least. You know, I, th I think they I should probably check. I think there's been some activity on their marketplace as of late, but that's specific to their framework. Wonderflux, right? Wonderflux, yeah. So it's their marketplace uh, as long and it's and it's a lot more sort of open and available than than some other framework or some other uh, marketplaces in terms of rates. I think he, I think Wonder Wonder Themes is similar to Theme Garden in, or at least close to in terms of rate. I'd have to look that up. Uh, it says ninety five percent. Yeah, so they take a really small amount. Theme Garden takes uh, the current moment none, uh, but they do take more if you want like a premium listing and things like that. Um, well, they, I mean Jason, uh, with Theme Garden, but it sounds like it might be going a little bit more that direction uh, in terms of requiring a framework to be in it, uh, which I think is an interesting move because, uh, and I think this is the part that we were talking about a little bit now that. Theme Garden is refocusing, and, and based on the assumption that all of the themes will be built on a consistent theme framework that he mentions, uh, which is is an assumption because that may just mean th include themes like that. But the fact that he's removing other theme frameworks and mentions one for the future, I think gives credence to the idea that they could all be on their own theme framework in the future. So if that's the case... I, my question is, and I think what I uh, asked you was, where, well, like, what's the new theme garden? Where do people go to sell any kind of theme with, you know, very few restrictions put on them? I'm yeah. not really sure what that answer is. I mean, everything kind of has its own caveat now. Yeah, because even Mojo Themes, I think they have a partnership with a uh, with a framework as well. Well, they partnered with Themify, Themify. earlier. I think a month or two back mm -hmm. um but i i'm not sure was that exclusive i don't i don't think it's exclusive they sell a lot of different stuff but uh yeah no it, it's it, they definitely have a partnership oh that's right no it's not exclusive they're just offering it to their developers if they want to build with it right but i think what we were kind of discussing is theme garden seemed kind of like that place where you buy cadillac <laughs> WordPress themes, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It's, it didn't seem like it was like a race to the bottom as far as price and and things. And I, I don't know. It just it seems like it's a it's changing. The way it's changing makes it seem like there's a void somewhere for somebody that just wants to uh, sell a theme. And it's not like they're living to release a theme every month, but they just want to sell a theme periodically, and or they've got a pet project that they want to keep up and. Uh, where can they do that that's not part of, you know, like a studio press marketplace or mm -hmm. Wonder Themes or Theme Forest or Mojo Themes, but just kind of like a, a place with a, a built-in audience, maybe by someone that is hosting those themes uh, and directing traffic to it. Right. Um, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. I think there's there's sort of two two main options when it comes to selling on a marketplace. The one is to go to uh, those who aren't really developing themes to sell, and, and usually those uh, deals are, are, are variable. I mean, you've got – so that I would put Theme Forest, Mojo Themes, um, 
really that's it in that group because they're not they're not requiring very much out of the theme. It's not like framework specific. Mm-hmm. But in terms of rates, I mean, that's going to kind of jump all over the place, but it's probably going to start out not being really awesome. Like, and when I say awesome, I mean, you're going to get hundred percent of your sales. So those are, those are marketplaces that are entirely built on. We need to, you know, make money on each of these sales. Um, I don't know what I'm actually, I'm starting a post about it, just starting the research, um, on all of these. I'm not sure what the starting percentage is on theme for us now. Um, but I, I know it grows over time. Is it 50? It's 50 and it maxes out at maybe 70%. All right. I'll have to, that's one of the things I'm looking into, but, uh, and I know Mojo, I mean, it's, it's another, it's a competitive, I'm not sure the exact percentage I need to find out. Uh, aside from that, there may be some other ones and I have to check some of our, you know, past posts. There might be some other marketplaces that are kind of building up, but everybody else now, assuming that, you know, Schuler does what he's, uh, what it sounds like he's doing with theme garden are all going to be framework specific. Uh, you mentioned the Studio Press Marketplace. I'm pretty sure their split is 60-40, uh, uh, 40 to the, the to the theme developer, 60 to Studio Press, um, which is you know just as you know I mean that's the same similar that's similar sort of rates as what you'd get on any one of the big marketplaces. And then you've got potentially uh, Theme Garden, definitely Wonder Themes. Um, I think Catalyst is working on a marketplace. Uh, but I'm not sure what their rates are going to be right now because they're still kind of getting ready to launch it. But like you're saying, where's it, it, there really isn't somebody that's not themselves building and selling themes that's not requiring certain certain sort of theme requirements, or that's off as well as offering a really good rate back to authors, which is sort of that that niche that Theme Garden filled. Uh, not to say it still won't, but if he makes these changes or if he goes the direction we're assuming that could be kind of left void. Um, and at that point, of course, we'll have to find out what brought him to that decision. Um, you know, how things were working out, but, uh, there's, there's certainly space here, um, which is kind of weird because there are so many places to buy and sell themes for there to be sort of a gap is, is kind of, uh, kind of surprising. I think there's a couple places in the works. Uh, Ben Welch Bolin, who's the owner of site five hosting and Mm -hmm. he's a WordPress guy. He uh, he's got WebPub, which is like a script installer, is what he or script updater is mm-hmm. what he calls it. So he'll he'll link in with your website and update WordPress for you. But he also I think has a marketplace theme marketplace uh, portion of the website that he's planning to build out. Mm, okay. And if you go there now, it's got like themes and add-ons, and it's got a marketplace section, but it looks mostly like a concept, so it's not built in yet. But sure. you can. Uh, search through themes, preview a theme, buy a theme. But what it looks like here, which is a, a an interesting take that I haven't seen before, if you buy a theme, so I guess somebody may list here, and then if you buy a theme, it goes into your theme section, and because he's already linked into your website to update it, you can actually install new themes uh, from WebPub. So it's kind of like a marketplace slash theme manager all in one. So something like that could fill the void or yeah. maybe there's something that's a little more specific to just buying buying themes and listing themes of a certain type but mm-hmm. uh I I don't think you know if there's a if there's a market there somebody will figure out a way to fill it sure yeah huh yeah so I mean it's it's an interesting development um I, I'm sure it'll be even more interesting in you know 4 to 6 weeks whenever all of it 
uh, comes together and, and I'm sure announcements are made and things like that. But yeah, um, I'm not, I, I wouldn't know. Like it, it just seems like there are a lot of questions to answer before somebody could figure out where should I sell, you know, X or Y theme. Yeah. You know, if you're, and that's sort of the, what I'm looking into is sort of, you know, um, setting up a post. Like if you have a theme, where should you sell? Where should this guy with a theme to sell, where should he go? Uh, there's just a lot of stuff to consider. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why I'm not selling a theme anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 do. so let's see. Um, probably worth, uh, mentioning the, the, the pods, uh, fundraising, uh, since I've got that tab open anyway. Um, this was a little over two weeks ago, so it's a little ways back, but it was a, it was a pretty big deal. Really. I can't remember anything like it uh, in recent memory. The Pods Foundation, uh, which is Scott Kingsley Clark's uh, open source, or not open source, um, uh, nonprofit foundation or organization behind the Pods framework, which is a plugin, um, they started a Kickstarter, what is it called? Kickstarter campaign. And they wanted to raise uh, $1,500 to further development of their next version of the plugin. And they ended up raising, he updated on here, uh, over four grand, over $4,100 uh, wow. via Kickstarter, which is pretty nuts uh, for people wanting to see, you know, the future. You know, it's a, it's a free free plugin. You can get it on the word, on WordPress.org. I personally don't use it. Uh, I never never have, but it's a, it's a pretty cool story that they were able to pull together that sort of support in a, a relatively short amount of time. I think campaigns are usually two weeks long, right? Yeah, I think they hit their 100% goal in less than 24 hours. Yeah, pretty much right away, and then after that, it was just you know everything was a little bit, a little bit more over over what they were looking for. Uh, he was looking for it uh, because he does, um, I believe, do consulting work, and he wanted to be able to block out a, a month or so of time and work just on on the pods framework, and has a bunch of features planned. And <clears throat> excuse me, um, one of the cool parts I thought, and I'll need to pull open the campaign on Kickstarter to actually see because uh, there are deals for different level backers. And I think the, what was it? The thousand dollars or more backer, uh, your pledge will feature fund anything you want to be in pods that already isn't on the, on the roadmap, yeah. which I think is just like, I want to hear uh, somebody did back at that level. And I'm curious to know what it is uh, or what they, what they would request because I would think it would be a dangerous promise to make. <laughs> now granted, Who's going to give you know grand and do something something you know hokey or, or dumb or whatever? But uh, man, if, you, if we see if we see weird features in pods in the future, I think we know we know what, where they came from. <laughs> yeah, uh, have you ever used pods? I have not. Um, it. I'm he explain he explains because uh, somebody asked a question wanting to know. In the comments of the posts, I believe they want to know what exactly is sort of the nuanced difference between custom taxonomy and custom post types and what pods does. And uh, let me just try to grab a snippet or two here from Scott's response. Um, many differences on the data side in the PHP implementation in pods or between pods and WordPress core. So you can utilize all of the WordPress core stuff. Uh, well, that's, that's, that's what's going to be new in 2.0. Oh, in 2.0 you'll be able to. Yeah, pods is 
Pods was, I guess, ahead of its time a little bit in the sense yeah. of creating custom content types. Um, and as custom post types matured, it's kind of what made pods in a lot of ways irrelevant except for some use cases. But it pods is much more difficult to interact with natively. So like using WordPress ways of grabbing data mm-hmm. is harder with pods because it's created all its own tables and so kind have, of its have own you mess. experimented with it? Have you tried using it in projects? Um I I haven't done a whole lot of development as much as like going in and fixing things that were on pods or I see. Okay. Uh you know, maintaining something that was on pods. Mm-hmm. And just based on my experience, uh just like anything where you're creating all your own custom stuff versus using something that's built into WordPress, it makes it harder to do the things that you think are easy in WordPress. Right. Um, and 2.0 is going to answer a lot of those questions and allow you to basically do the same types of things you could do in pods, which has a lot of nice UI for, uh, you know, creating meta boxes and custom types of custom data rather than just the content. Mm-hmm. Uh, Things like that, and it'll it'll simplify that a little bit, and it'll integrate better with the way WordPress is already. So that'll be interesting to see how they implement that. But I think they basically had to because custom post types have been so well adopted. Sure, right. I mean, I I, I can definitely remember. Uh, I think I, it was at a at a WordCamp even seeing Scott Clark, you know, pitch pods and and pitch pods. It's kind of funny. Uh, pitch it, uh, you know, two people or during a presentation or something, and showing off what it could do and. Uh, that that was, you know, before post types, which is, you know, at the time huge because because there there weren't that many options or at least good options for achieving something like that. So anymore, it sounds like it is, uh, you know, provides, uh, you know, UI and sort of a different method for complex data types or content mm-hmm. types. And since a lot of people tend to like using it, Maybe because of how it is, it is different than WordPress, then it's kind of sticking around. It doesn't. I'm not. I mean, it sounds like it would be easier to use their UI to build more complex stuff than what WordPress will allow you to do, uh, just in terms of a UI for it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because you can't go into WordPress and say, you know, "Build me a new post type." Whereas if Pods is running, my understanding is you can't. You can go in and say, "I'll add a new one, and here's what it should do." Yeah, uh, yeah, that's basically right. And yeah. the most advantageous part of that is to get up uh, the stuff that you would have to use custom meta boxes with mm-hmm. for uh, you get that going in a very short amount of time. The problem is when you need to integrate with built-in WordPress stuff, it becomes very difficult. So maybe the, maybe the, the rather than comparing uh, pods to something like, you know, post types or custom taxonomies, which is going to include, it's better to compare pods to, Maybe the custom custom post type UI uh, plugin. I think that's what it's called. Uh, probably not even custom post type UI because that's the one that Brad Williams did, and I think mm-hmm. you still have to use a plugin like More Fields with the gotcha. custom post types UI. Okay. Uh, Pippin Williamson has one uh, that I'm trying to remember the name of it, um, but it's similar and it includes basically a, a UI that has a, a MetaBox class with it and it allows you to visually create uh, custom custom meta boxes for custom post types and custom taxonomies and whatnot. Gotcha. And that is called something. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 on pippinsplugins.com, I'm sure. Yeah. 
I'm looking for it, but I don't see it right off the top of my head. So, yeah, I mean, no matter what, it's a it's a cool way to seek funding for a free plugins development. Uh, this is the first time, like I said, I've seen it done in this way. Um, I was actually kind of curious. I think I'd heard mentions, or maybe he had mentioned on Twitter before he did it that he was going to try to set up a, a Kickstarter or apply for it because because you have to apply for a Kickstarter campaign. You can't just like sign up and start one. They actually review every one that gets added. And I was kind of wondering whether it would be in there, uh, in sort of Kickstarter's wheelhouse, that they would want that uh, sort of software project in there. So it's cool that they do because usually I think they tend towards, you know, uh, artistic and, and industrial design things, uh, but apparently code is poetry to Kickstarter as well. Yeah, easy content types, by the way. Ah, that's what it's and there's a couple others that that do that. I've watched videos on that one before because, uh, and going back a little bit to 3.3, that's one of my biggest disappointments. Unfortunately, uh, the uh, MetaBox class that there was a ticket for. Uh, and they were hoping to get it in for 3.3. That got booted to 3.4, uh, which will make it easier to create your own custom meta boxes and hopefully take out some of the things where you would right now you have to do a bunch of validation security stuff that sure. to me is a little bit more difficult once you get past a standard input box or something versus yeah. things where there's conditionals or repeating fields and whatnot. Huh. Interesting. Maybe, maybe we need to do a post uh – uh, what, would it, what would it be? It'd be, it'd be some title or something like that. Like pour, pour one out for the uh, the features that didn't make three three. <laughs> some sort of a you know tiny, some sort of a tiny vi- tiny violin post. Yeah, it says here's the stuff that did. It was oh, it was so close, but it just just didn't quite make it in there. I can't complain a whole lot. I didn't do too much to help three point three come along. So I'll just yeah, have to so, wait. I mean, well, no, I mean obviously the point of that post would be to direct everybody's frustration towards you personally. I mean, that yeah, would be that's the goal. right. Uh, uh, and it's warranted. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I mean, that, that's sort of, uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's a collective thing. I think when you look at um, what does or doesn't make it, I think in both cases it's due to, you know, the collective effort of the community or of, in this case, the contributor community because everybody kind of chooses priorities. And when stuff works, it's, you know, everybody gets the uh, gets the applause. And when it doesn't work out, well, it's everybody's fault because everybody probably had time to put in that, that didn't get put in there. I'd say that's accurate. That's just how it works. Now, the million dollar question, do you have a pick? This is the part Are we of already the podcast. <laughs> I think so. I think that's that's pretty much run through the news. Oh, I'm so good at being terrible. Picks. <laughs> so this is the part where we each uh, pick something WordPress related, whether it's a theme or a plugin, a website, a book, really anything, as long as we can justify its connection to WordPress, even with the just most tenuous connections then it's valid for uh, this pick section. So do you have one, Brian? Uh, Yes. Cool. For a problem we've had at work recently where there's kind of this in-between section uh, where you want events for a website, but you don't necessarily need something like Event Espresso where it's a pretty complex solution. You want a list of events. You want them to appear in the order of events. You like a custom post type. You'd like them to expire like events do, maybe span dates, things like that. Uh, but you don't need all the bells and whistles that come along with a solution like Event Espresso. Uh, this is what I needed, and I ended up going with um, Noel Talk 
and Human Made have the Theme Force thing going on, where sure. which is like their restaurant hosted restaurant website solution. Uh, but one of the things they did for that is they did a pretty, uh, pretty in-depth events management. Uh, call it a plugin, for lack of a better word, portion of their framework. Uh, that's a pretty nice implementation of events, and I forked it pretty much out of the rest of their framework and implemented that for a project. And we'll probably use that for a lot of scenarios where. We need events, but we don't need like everything that could come with events. Um, and it's it, it's pretty nice. It was uh, pretty simple. It's got some short codes built in. I I made a new short code to go along with it. It's got featured events, regular events, nice custom post types, custom taxonomies, uh, and all in all, pretty cool. So, uh, Null Talks Null Talks Theme Force, uh, the events portion of that has served me well. Very cool. Sounds neat. Yeah. Um, hmm, I like. So I'm just looking through my list here, trying to find something equally as cool. Because obviously I prepared. So I think the one I have to go for is one that I, I haven't I haven't used yet. Uh, believe it or not, with 54, I still haven't tried it out. <laughs> uh, but I like it, and it's actually so. This is. It's I don't know if it's worth not worth getting into now, but there's um, a post I linked up, uh, Remkis DeVries I think. Let me double check. I'll pull up the the link from the site. Uh, but he, if it was him, posted about here it is. Do 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 do. Oh, gotta go one back. He posted about uh, the quality of code snippets. Um, yeah, that's so, him. Okay. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, it was it was my short post because I just was like, yep do this and that's a really interesting post as a as a you know just on its own because people like to post uh quote-unquote wordpress snippets they're snippets of php code sometimes with some html or css or javascript mixed in as well and he was just proposing hey if we're going to do this and we know that people are going to copy and paste them anyway let's make them kind of teaching tools and properly document them and comment them uh, which is an idea that really excites me but what also was interesting and i hadn't looked at before is this plugin called O-Embed Gist. Let me, I'll drop it into our chat here so that you can see what I'm talking about too. And uh, it is a plugin that allows uh, uh, Gist, this is from GitHub, like the little Gist code snippets to be embedded into WordPress in the same style that you do like a YouTube video or something else, just dropping the URL in and uh, via O-Embed, it, it styles and displays it all in a really nice commented way. Nice. Um, yeah, which I like that because, you know, it's always a balance trying to find the right way to display code uh, in in posts uh, using WordPress. And, you know, in the past, it's I usually just try to keep my examples small enough that I can just kind of put it in the editor. But anybody who's ever tried to, who's ever done it um, or or added code to the WordPress editor knows that it can be very frustrating to do. It's not, it's not designed to space out and to, to, you know, make code look good when you're trying to show it off to people. Mm -hmm. Whereas, uh, using a method like this, I think kind of fixes that problem. It makes it easy. You don't have to worry about formatting breaking, you know, when you view it the wrong way, or maybe you change something, uh, it's just dropping in a URL. And as long as your, uh, um, file is, is commented well and, and everything is right, 
on GitHub, then you're good to go. So I think that's pretty neat. Yeah, I'm gonna have to use that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think there's definitely gonna be some cases in the in, in the near future where we're gonna be using just in a WP Candy Post to show some stuff off. So cool, cool. It's just one that I've bookmarked. I haven't had a chance to actually use yet, but it's sort of on my my ever fluctuating list of. Ooh, that's cool. Let me go use that. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. So that is it for picks. I'll make sure to save. Is there a link for yours, or is it just uh, you forked it? Dash force dot com. Just it's from there, so people can grab it. You're, you're, yeah, I'm, my forking. <laughs> your pick is a bunch of work for people to do. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, a little challenge. My uh, my forking of it was. I mean, I basically just didn't include some of the re- more restaurant-specific stuff. and mm-hmm. So I guess you're telling me I need to post this somewhere. Well, it sounds like it would be a great plug-in. Uh, where would I put it? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I'll put that on my list of things to do, too. Yeah, yeah. Ever-growing list. So I <laughs> think that pretty much does it. I did forget this last time when you reminded me. Uh, so I want to say that uh, if you don't yet, you should definitely check out WPCandy.com. I certainly hope you have. Uh, we're on Twitter, at WPCandy. It's really, really hard to remember that because it's exactly the same as the site. <laughs> There's uh, me. I'm on Twitter, at Ryan Immel. Uh, Brian, you're at Krogsgard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's it for Twitter. Got a website. Mention that. Podcast. Q's coming up. Tell you more about that very soon. Q. Look forward to it. Ooh, it's going to be so awesome. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. All right. Have a good one. Yeah, have a good one too, and we'll see you guys for episode 27.